Welcome back to the Sharpest College Football Podcast from Lean Toss-Up Sports. This is Buck Metrics, joined as always by Robert Martin. If you missed it in part one of this week's podcast, Robert predicted that Georgia is going 8-4. and four. Uh, After a little bit of time to think about that, are you sticking with that prediction? Uh, it was about 10 minutes ago in real time. Uh, okay. I, I don't, I'm not calling for 8-4. and four. I think we'll okay. go like... Uh, but I think there is definitely at least one, maybe two, maybe stretch three losses on the schedule. I think it, it could. There's a. I mean, I if you gave me like under ten and a half at like plus one sixty, I'd take that. Um, and I like the under eleven and a half. But yeah, this Georgia team, I don't think like they're still. I believe they're still the favorites to win the national championship game, and I do not think they should be. I think they're a yeah. they're perfectly fine top twenty five team. But they are not the uh, they are not the best team. In between part one and part two, we were talking, and um, or maybe it was during part one. Um, Eleven and a half was the preseason number. You said it's still uh, the number for their season win total, although the the under is now juiced, and I don't think it was juiced that that hard before the season. Correct? Uh no, it it was not. Let me just call up. So right now, cultural playoff Georgia plus two sixty to win the national championship game. That's kind of nuts. Um. Georgia to make the playoffs minus two twenty five. That's also a bit too rich. And Georgia regular yeah. season wins <clears throat> under eleven and a half minus one sixty. So I have a question about that. Um, if you're penciling in, basically the market is saying it's likely Georgia will lose one game. What game do they lose, and then also yeah. still win the SEC East, and then also go to the SEC championship game, and then also like. <laughs> Are they losing to Georgia Tech? Like, who who are they losing to that's going to allow them to also win the SEC East? Yeah, you've got to lose to the team that's going to lose too, um, which is Florida? interesting. Um, <laughs> there's some. There we go. Actually, you know what? That's not a bad scenario. Um, rivalry game. It could happen. I get. I I bet that there's a little bit of Florida win probability in that number, but yeah, those numbers just don't align to me either. Um, speaking of numbers that might or might not align. You ready to look at some of my metrics here? Yeah. All right. My top 20 offenses. Um, as we can see, you know, we get another week into the season. Last week was the first week of the model. Um, all the the entire top 20 had was above a offensive rating of seven. A little more normalization with another data point for most of these teams. Um, no real surprises. I think, you know, Washington State being number seven is a little bit high um but they are what they are um michigan you know after after a couple of good outings against um some pretty reputable defenses and rutgers and nebraska's up in the top 10 um duke still in the top 20 at number 13 missouri at number 14 brady cook um freed from the shackles of my guy bush hamden uh in part one we talked about maryland i've got them 15th uh, overall in offense um, and a quote elite in terms of a, t- uh, a team you'd like to look uh, to bet over um, in Kentucky who plays Georgia um, coming up there they're above seven as well and um, next two in their Liberty and Purdue welcome to the Liberty is a menace podcast and Purdue I was a little surprised and they they held up again another another week um, forgot to ask our buddy Isaiah if he if he's buying that Um and then round out the top twenty, North Carolina, and the loser of week one, of week five in part one, UCF. Um, what grabs your attention at this top twenty? 
Yeah, so, yeah, Purdue being there is actually kind of interesting. Purdue has not been an amazing team all year, but they've not been a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Them being top 20 is definitely a little odd to me, but, I mean, I, I figured they'd be somewhere around there. Maybe not top 20, but somewhere around there. Um, again, interesting game this week with them against Iowa. Um, Purdue offense pretty good. Iowa's defense, of course, pretty good as well. But then Purdue's defense, not horrible. Iowa's defense, horrible. So I think Edge would go to Purdue there. Um, I, I was we'll... offense, I think you meant to say. Sorry, I was offense. Yes, sorry. Purdue's yeah. defense, not horrible. I was offense, horrible. So I think advantage goes to Purdue there. So we'll have to see with that one. Um, I'd say Notre Dame, 13 points two weeks ago, 21 points this week. Interesting that they're still so high. But again, that's because of, I believe, Duke and Ohio State are so highly rated, both on defense as well. So that does cancel that out a bit as well. Um, interesting, again, 10 and 11, Texas, Oklahoma. Guess who plays this week, noon Eastern? I'm excited for that game. Uh, yeah. That is a, that's going to be a good game. Um, and as well, uh, interesting LSU there. LSU just been shelling people the last couple of weeks. Last week it did it didn't work, uh, but they have been they've been continuing to just shell people though. Um, and and yeah, Ole Miss up there as well. Ole Miss is a very interesting one. Where it's just like I can't figure out if this team is good or they've gotten lucky in a couple of games or because the thing is it's like on one hand I'm like okay they're pretty good right they beat LSU they've handled pretty much everybody else on their schedule but then they lost to Alabama which Alabama is not even remotely on your top twenty list they're not even on my top twenty they're approaching my top twenty five but they're not even there yet um, that's probably a bit too harsh on them but like also we can be a bit harsh on them too so um, yeah, yeah I think. It- there's an interesting little thing coming up later about Alabama that absolutely threw me on my butt um, when okay. I was getting this together. So stay tuned. You know, going back to something I brought up in part one, too. Interestingly, and this is why I think it's wide open, my highest rated team in the Big Ten West is Wisconsin um, by just a couple points over Nebraska and Purdue. But by far the best offense in the West is Purdue. That's why I think this is wide open. This could just be like who who can muster up some kind of offense. Um in the in the in the Big Ten West, um, I would count out Purdue. <clears throat> I wouldn't count out anybody except for Minnesota because they just seem to have just stopped enjoying playing football for some reason. And Northwestern because Northwestern basically killed their season before it started. All right, top twenty defenses. Is this just a horrible looking mascot? I mean, this looks like a leftover from um, from a thrift shop. The the Penn State mascot. My gosh! I, I will say the the when you, when you go back to when 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 because you've shown the, the Wisconsin slide there for two weeks now because of the top offense. That Husky's adorable. It's adorable. It's got oh, yeah. a little bandana. That's awesome. That's adorable. Yeah, that. But yeah, this. Yeah. First of all, yeah, look at that guy. But, it's a good boy. But this is weird. I don't know what. Yeah, this is not adorable. I, to be fair, I don't know exactly what a Nidalee lion is. Um, I assume that's what this is. Is it like a mountain lion? Is it? It's not really. It's, well, it's a it's local mountain lion. Local, obviously. Lion. Yeah, local to Happy Valley, which I guess shops at um, thrift shops. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. But again, top defense though for Penn State, not particularly surprising. But their mascot is. A little surprising. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the same names here. Fresno stayed up to number seven. Good for them. Liberty number nine. Liberty is a menace. It's just, it's a theme. 
Um, Iowa, just behind Liberty, a little surprising there. Texas, uh, as we pointed out, you know, Texas and Oklahoma top uh, 11 in offense. Texas, Oklahoma top 11 in defense as well. Um, that's going to be some high quality ball. Uh, interesting that, although it makes sense, Oklahoma's ahead since Venables is a defensive coach. Um, but man, they were horrible on defense last season. So good job for him or by him. Um, Tennessee, like we said last week, um, surprisingly doing well on defense. Um, Nebraska, this is why I, you know, my model liked them against Michigan. My model still enjoys their defense for some reason. Um, and, um, Solid. Rutgers still hanging in there despite that Michigan game. Um, Clemson back in the top 22, which doesn't surprise me. I knew that they'd be good on defense. I, you know, before the season, I thought their troubles would be on offense, which they kind of have fixed, but not really. They have fixed intermittently. Um, I kind of maybe liken their offense to the USC defense that they're good until they're not. <laughs> and then they're really not. Um, you know, all of these really make sense to me. I'm just surprised, surprised at how Fre how high a Fresno and Liberty are. Um, but what what grabs your attention on this list? Yeah, I Liberty again. This is a conference USA team being ninth overall, and then also in the top twenty offense. Very terrifying combination there for a G five team. Again, Liberty on Friday night play Sam Houston State, so at Liberty's defense, a very unmovable <laughs> uh, an unmovable object versus Sam Houston State's offense, which is a very stoppable force. So, uh, yeah. Uh, alt spreads on that one. Um, outside of that, Ohio State's defense being ahead of Georgia's kind of that's kind of crazy, uh, I would yeah. say. Um, and again, <clears throat> Iowa falling down there. And again, this is what we've said before, right? This is the problem with Iowa, is the fact that we said, okay, their defense was one of the best defenses last year. Their offense was bad. The, the theory and behind the whole Brian Ferentz, 25 points per game, was like, well, if the, if the defense stays the same and we can normalize the offense to league average, therefore, we could be a top 20, we could be like a top 10 team, which that's not how that works because you can't keep up the same level of defense year over year. You don't just, you don't just get a top 10 defense because... I don't know, God gives it to you or something. That's not how this works. You like Sometimes you lose players to the draft. Sometimes players don't play to the same level again. Uh, Michigan is, where is Michigan on this list? They're not even on this list. Uh, no. They were one of the top All, defenses last year. They're de yeah. And again, apparently deciding to just, just completely destroy Nebraska this week, but which Nebraska's on this list too. But no, like you can't, like this is the thing. It's not consistently to just have the same, you can't just keep the same level of defense year over year as you as you, eventually you have attrition to the NFL, and that's going to stop you there. And I think that's a big problem with with that whole theory of the case. And now Iowa is, okay, a good defense, but not a top defense. And for Iowa to be, like, Iowa could, now Iowa keeps chugging away and winning some of these games, okay. I think they're still, what, I think they're 4-1, right? I think their only loss was to Penn State so far. Um, but this week they've got Purdue. That could be another loss. I think I think someone on Twitter had said like, oh well, you know, with Iowa, if Iowa goes like ten and two or eleven and one, everybody keeps their jobs. And like, well, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna get to ten wins. I think this could be like an eight and five, or eight, eight and eight, eight and five, seven and six, like something around there. This team could kind of slip back to five hundred as you start playing actual teams that are in the Big Ten and not like MAC teams and Utah State. So. 
uh, and again, you beat um, you beat Michigan State, which is a team that fired their head coach and has still not recovered from that apparently. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a little iffy on this on that Iowa team as well. Texas A&M being up there is interesting as well um, because this team is like sneakily okay, is sneakily good. Um, they're not bad, but the fact that Miami crushed them means that Miami is, is actually that good. And Miami's also on this as well. Again, yeah. I, the one team that has not gotten nearly the amount of attention it should have so far this year is Miami. Miami is actually a very, very good team. I don't know how good they are exactly, but like based on, on your rankings here and, and based on my rankings, they're better than Florida State. And that's kind of terrifying because I have a bunch of Florida State futures. So I should probably mm-hmm. uh, level those out at some point. Um, but, but yeah. And it, the other one more point I'll make on this before I go is that Oregon at number three, um, I can't, they're, where are they on the, on the top offenses? They're up there on the top offenses as well, right? Yeah, let me see here. Number eight. Yeah. Yeah, number eight. Eight. Eight top offense, again, less than USC and less than Washington, but in the same ballpark as them, and then having a far better defense than either Washington or USC, you have the tools to score against a very movable defense, against the very movable Washington and USC defenses, and you can actually stop Caleb Williams, and you can actually stop Michael Penix, looking like, I don't even know what, Michael Penix just looks unbeatable in, in, in some of those games. If you can actually stop them, you can win the Pac-12. And then if you go undefeated in the Pac-12 play, one, Bonix could win the Heisman, and two, you could win the national championship game. And 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 this is the thing. Cause I'm, I'm, now that we're in the middle of the season, I'm starting to look at Heisman futures. I'm starting to look at national championship futures, playoff futures. And it's like, I don't – like, Caleb Williams still looks like the best player. He's, the, he's now moved on to be the favorite. Where what are the Heisman numbers here? It's a side Heisman right here. Caleb Williams plus one seventy, Michael Penix Jr. Four, plus four hundred, Quinn Ewers plus eight hundred. Do do not bet that. Bo Nix plus eight hundred, Jordan Travis fourteen to one, Gabriel eighteen to one, Jalen Daniels twenty to one, Hartman twenty five, McCarthy twenty five, Tyler Van Dyke twenty eight to one. The thing is, if Oregon can beat Washington and USC, Bo Nix wins the Heisman. I think. And they, they won win the Pac twelve, they go to they go they win the Heisman and they go to the College World Playoff. I think that makes sense. I think and I think they can pro- I think Oregon probably beats one of them. I don't know if they beat both of them, but if they beat both of them, they win the he- Bonix wins the Heisman. That's my guess. Is that is that what you think as well? I think if he beats USC, definitely. Um there might be kind of a and I before the season I was very skeptical about Caleb's chances, but you know, my concern was he has to beat last year's numbers and he's way ahead of last year's numbers where it might mm-hmm. be kind of like a, a match play elimination head to head thing where whoever loses that game um, is basically not going to, they'll probably be a finalist, but they're not going to win the trophy. So I would say that he needs to beat USC. Um, actually, boy, but then I don't know. Yeah. If he, if he loses to Washington, Washington beats USC. I don't know. That gets really complicated. But if I just kind of dumb it down a little bit and just say, okay, if you kind of just say there's a loose correlation, are you kind of getting plus 800 on Oregon winning those two games? It's got to be a better price than money line parlay between those two. Well, the other thing is what I've already played was Oregon over 10.5 wins plus 120. 
I really like that. I think they beat one of them. I think they actually have both at home, I believe. They're, what is Morgan? At, at, they're at Washington. They're at Washington. Yeah. Okay, the well, that that even then... Me... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, even then, that's still... That means they win, like, one of them, and <clears throat> right? Yeah. I just, I wouldn't overlook Washington State. I'm just, I'm irrationally high on them. Um, that's the other thing that I'd be a little concerned about, too. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, one thing, too, about Miami, um, and this is this is just maybe the last gasp of desperation of somebody who has a, a ticket on Miami to win, I think, less than eight games. Um I need to see Mario not um, not screw things up in a close game. Um, Texas A&M was a runaway game. Great for him. Um, let's see if it's close against the Florida State, for example, um, if he can avoid doing Mario things. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Actually, one point I want to make, too, about Clemson. Clemson is, like, sneakily good. They're not bad. I think their defense at least is pretty good. Their offense still has a lot of question marks. But I think maybe after they lost to Duke and after they lost, they kept Florida State pretty close. And I think they're actually sneakily a pretty good team. And I think, although they're, they've now been eliminated from the college football playoff, and actually I think probably the, the I think they've probably been eliminated from the ACC as well. Yeah. Functionally, if not, I mean, there's probably a path, but it's some weird path or like, but whatever. I think in an in an alternate, well, in a ne- in next year, I think there is a non-zero chance they could be like an at-large team, maybe, because like I think there you there's an argument where Florida State would be in it, and then Duke could potentially be an at-large as well, and then Clemson could be like twelfth or something. And I think yeah. it is again extremely, un- and I'm going to say this probably every week. It's extremely unfortunate we only have four teams this year, not twelve teams, because of hotel rooms or some stupid thing like that. Um, because again, 12 teams would be extremely helpful with getting one USC, Oregon, and Washington into the, into the, into the cultural playoff, Florida state, potentially North Carolina, potentially Miami. Like I'm, I'm starting to run through like projections as to who goes to the cultural playoff and who doesn't. And like, I'm starting to get to a point where I don't think the SEC makes it. I kind of think wow. the PAC 12, well, cause here's the thing, right? Cause if you look at it. Whoever, if someone goes undefeated through the Pac-12, whether or not that's Oregon, Washington, or USC, I think they now okay they could beat themselves up, but I think you take a one-loss Pac-12 team, a one-loss Pac-12 champion. The Big Ten, if it's Penn, if Penn State goes undefeated, you're not excluding Penn State, and Penn State should be able to take care of the take care of business because Penn State's rivalry game is who? Who's Penn State's rivalry game? Nothing serious. Their rivalry game isn't anybody serious, right? You know, the Michigan State is their rival. Okay, that's that's nothing then, because they because they, you don't yeah. you have to worry about like a final. So basically, they get like it's not a bye, but it's a it's an easier game ahead of the conference championship game. So if they beat Ohio yeah. State and Michigan, which I think they would, then they're undefeated. Then if it's an undefeated Florida State, an undefeated Miami, or an undefeated North Carolina, they're going to college football playoff. You're looking at a one loss Bama at least, a potentially a, a two loss LSU already. If either of those team win, they're already it's either a one or two loss SEC champion. Georgia is seems poised for another loss or two. Okay, can Kentucky 
go undefeated the rest of the way. Well, they still have got Tennessee, and then they've got whoever comes out of the West. Um, Tennessee already has a loss. Florida already has a loss. If Kentucky trips up, which they probably will at some point, then, like, I'm, if Georgia loses a game in the regular season, and they, like, unless Georgia goes undefeated, at which point then they'll keep them in there. But, like, I think Georgia doesn't look that good now. Like, I'm starting to see a path where the SEC doesn't make the college football playoff. Interesting. Um, and now I think I said that. I think you're starting to see it too now. Yeah. Um, yeah, because your highest rated SEC team is actually Kentucky at fourth, um, which is interesting. Yeah, you don't have Georgia. Even, you have Georgia like number 15, I guess. So that is, mm-hmm. looks like it. Just kind of, yeah. To be honest, if you're just looking at game stats, that's probably where they should be. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's I think it's going to come down to you know whom to whom does Georgia lose, and then do they get an invite when they don't even make their conference championship game? Um, it's, I, it which, also comes down to the Pac-12. How cl- if someone goes yeah. undefeated through the regular season? Like if someone if how clean is the Pac-12? If it's like okay. Yeah. And, and then again, the, the the best part is then if it's like undefeated team versus one lost team that only lost to the team that is undefeated. If they lose that game, then the one lost team that like beat right, like there's a chance that like well, uh, how would that work then? It'd be like if Oregon beat USC and then USC beat Washington and then uh, oh no, then then they, they well okay. There, there's like probably some sort of weird system where it'd be like if one team, if, if basically two teams had one loss and one team was undefeated and then the one team played Oregon, Oregon beat them and the one loss team could potentially go to the college football playoff over an SEC team with, but it, it's going to be weird though, right? Like I, I have no, like there's a lot of question marks here and I don't know, yeah. I, I, I don't know how this shakes out, but it's going to be, there's going to be chaos here. And then again, that's completely ignoring the Big 12, right? You've got undefeated Texas, undefeated Oklahoma. Whoever wins this week, if they go undefeated the rest of the way, win the conference championship, they're going to college football playoff. They will gladly put undefeated Oklahoma or undefeated Texas in there, right? So. Yeah. All right. Hold on one second. I'm just uh, – okay. Um, yeah, and just kind of to wrap that point up, um, I think the Pac-12 can give me an even bigger – slash unexpected boost if USC can win at Notre Dame that almost just like cements them as like cannot do any wrong at this point then um you'd have to take just a collapse at the top okay um so the total top 20 um you're just talking about Oregon um my metrics would make a pretty good point for your plus 800 there um you know, no real huge movement in or out of the top 10. Liberty top 10, though, was a bit of a surprise. Um, new team to the top 20, Maryland, number 15. And I was just looking at you. You actually have Maryland higher than me. I was a little concerned about that there was something wrong with my numbers. Then you actually have them higher than me. So I feel very um, very validated in that. Um, and then Texas A&M and Kentucky sneaking into the top 20 as well. Let me see where you, you – like I said, you have Kentucky number four. Um, I think you put a lot of Jimbo hatred in this because you have Texas A and M number twenty nine. Yeah, so I'll just I'll quickly read through mine. So I have USC one. I think my model is still offensive focused. So I think my model just thinks if you can put up a billion points, you win either way. Um, 
Oregon number two, so in agreement there. We both seem to like the Ducks. I have Miami number three, but you have Miami number two as well. So that's another source of agreement between our models. And again, massive between Oregon and Miami there. Huge difference from traditional rankings and the books. So that's a fascinating one as well. Or Basically, our models are both saying Oregon and Miami are huge potential plays. Kentucky four, Washington. Uh, I've got Washington five. You've got Washington three. Basically about the same. Um, I have Texas six. You have Texas seven. I have Maryland uh, seven. Uh, then I have Texas State. I weirdly have Texas State really high. I'm not sure exactly why. I think it's because... I, I've got an inkling on that later. <laughs> we can hold okay. on to that thought for now. Okay. <laughs> then I've got UCLA up there, very interesting, which is yeah. pretty high as well. And then I've got Tennessee, Arizona. Weirdly, my model loves Arizona. Now, to be fair, I believe... Oh, no, it wouldn't be with Jaden Delora. My model just really likes Arizona. I'm not completely sure why. Um... I think even the, like, and this is kind of the way top whatever list should operate. If you lose to a top whatever yeah. team, like if you lose to the third or fourth team or whatever, you shouldn't really get penalized for it. Okay, you lost, but you're still good, right? And where people would just immediately drop Arizona because of that, then they really shouldn't be dropped. Oklahoma there at, at 12, just a, a bit behind Texas, but I still think they could, they have a good matchup against Texas. Then I've got Michigan, Oregon State, Georgia, Fresno State, LSU still here in the 17th, Penn State here at 20. Penn State has actually fallen a little bit. They kept uh, Northwestern a little around a little bit too much. I got Wisconsin there at 19, Liberty at 20. So I actually have Liberty a bit lower than you, but I still think that I still feel like Liberty at 20 is still pretty high though. Um, I've got Kansas State at 21, Louisville at 22, Missouri at 23, Duke at 24, and then somehow, I don't know why my model loves New Mexico <laughs> State. I don't know why. It has them at 25, and then Kansas 26, UCF, apparently it hasn't, it kind of banished them a little bit, but not that far. They're at 27, Ohio State at 28, Texas at tw- Texas A&M at 29, and then their opponent this week, Bama at 30. So, very interesting and again i don't even have florida state is florida state is 40th is 39th right by air force at 38 and florida at 37th so my model still kind of hates florida state for a while and i have clemson at 34 so it is it's interesting what my model likes and doesn't like but i feel like with florida state almost losing to boston college and then kind of not losing but kind of looking like a loss to clemson i think my model is still a little iffy on on Florida State, but if Florida State comes out, crushes Virginia Tech this week, this can start. They'll start climbing up in that ranking because Alabama was like fifty or sixtieth, and now they're up at thirty. So, just keep winning, keep winning, Knowles, and you'll you'll get back up there. Interesting, my yeah, my my model has uh, Florida State twenty nine also. So, mm. um, both of our models not really liking our chances on those Florida State futures. Well, this this is where we can we can get out of those, right? That's the thing. So, yeah, true, true. All right, uh, ratings by conference, just the things that are interesting. The Big 12 uh, leapfrogged the ACC last week. Um, the other thing, Sunbelt jumped up from 8th to 6th over both the Mountain West and Conference USA. Um, like I said, the American, not a good conference this season. Look at that. They're ahead of only the MAC, and they are, like, well behind even the uh, – seven points. That's monumental um, behind the Sunbelt. So, um Pretty interesting. Um, any any surprises for you on here? Does this kind of make sense to you? No, I mean this this does make a lot of sense. 
the Big Ten definitely feels weaker this year. The Pac-12 feels just really good. Um, the SEC as well feels weaker, right? We've, we're used to the SEC being a dominant force, and I think people are like, I think some people are like, oh, the Pac-12 is almost as good as the SEC, or maybe a little bit better. It's like, no, no, no this is a lot better here. Um, and I think that makes a lot more sense. Like, some of these SEC, like, okay, the top is, I just feel like there's a lot of teams at the top, but I feel like the top is middle compared to the other top of other conferences, and then the bottom is just the bottom. Like, Vanderbilt is low. Um, some of the other teams are just not particularly good. Mississippi State is not a particularly good team. Just a lot of not good teams in the SEC. And I think our model, like, the, this composite rankings and the models are just saying, like, these teams are bad. It's bad, 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 right? Yeah, going back to 2016, which was the first year, um, this is the first season, and we're not done yet, but this is the first season, first time I've actually had any conference but the SEC first. Um, literally every week of every season from week five forward, it's been the SEC on top. So interesting, and, 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 you know, what we're Yeah, and, and one one point I'll make about this too is that with with the NIL, and people said it was going to kind of like balance – it would it – would, it, people said, oh, it's making the rich richer. It's like, well, Kate, that's true, but it's also kind of balancing things out because there was always allegations that the SEC schools were paying kids, and now everybody can pay kids, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And now we're seeing seeing this kind of diffusion here. And, and the other end of this, too, is that we keep hearing rumors about Clemson and Florida State leaving. The SEC, although they have some of the biggest name brands in the sport – these teams are far from dominant. Bama is the weakest they've looked in, in a long time. Uh, Georgia is the worst it's looked in, in several years as well. No real team seems dominant. ESPN is having money problems. ESPN owns the SEC contract, but they're having money problems. If you're the Big Ten and you have the you have the, the rights deal with Fox and NBC, and I think you also have ABC. Oh no, you don't have ABC. ABC is owned by ESPN. But if you have those media rights deals with the other people. And you're like, we want to be the dominant conference here. Because one, first of all, you're actually getting four of the top Pac-12 schools this year, next year. You basically add those, so you add the four top schools to your conference next year. Um, and then basically, if the Big Ten were to add Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and like Miami, they're the best conference. And they're the biggest conference and the conference with the most lucrative media rights deal. And then... At that point, we then start talking about is the SEC on the clock to break up and eventually join in with? Because like, if they became that, if they got those four big name brands, at what point do, does does Alabama and Florida and Georgia and Texas and Oklahoma and Auburn when do they say okay, fine, we're going to go join the Big Ten because it's they're getting more money than us? Because I feel like if you were to grab those teams, you would become like you would have. You would have Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and and potentially Miami, Florida. You would have USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. You would have the top brands in the country with the exception of maybe four SEC teams, four, maybe five, six SEC teams. You would be far a far bigger conference and have a far bigger media footprint. At what point do you then start slowly eating the SEC? Okay. Your job is a political pollster. Yes. You know regional attitudes about the United States of America. Yes. Okay. And that's, do you think that's, 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 do you really think the folks of the SEC are going to, going to join in with the Yankees? 
of the Big Ten? Well, I mean, they're technically not. They're not based in New York. They're mostly based in the Midwest. So. <laughs> okay, but they're still Yankees. Um, for for I, money, I, they for money they will. I think that there's too much pride for them to do, but we just disagree. One other thing about um, I think besides NIL, um, that that is a huge reason why the Pac-12 is at the top. You have. Inept Jimmy Lake, you have peak Mario doing Mario things in Eugene. You have Clay Helton doing just Clay Helton at his worst. And Carl Durrell, all replaced over the last two years by really, really good Kalen DeBoer, by apparently really good and excellent recruiter Dan Lanning, by maybe the best coach not named Ryan Day to win a national championship in Lincoln Riley, and Coach Prime, who's already got to prove a concept after like three games. Um, I think that's the that's the biggest difference we're seeing, and then the quarterback play that's kind of gone along with that the, that increase in coaching has been just absolutely awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think there has been a massive upgrade in in the SEC and sorry, not in the SEC in the Pac-12 and the coaching, right? And you're seeing the results of that. And I think there are some question marks about some of the. SEC schools outside of Georgia, outside of the top ones, there's a lot of there's some question marks in some of those head coaching positions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, uh, yeah. You know, and then the the other thing too is just lastly on that is that you know Chip Kelly, I don't know what he was doing. It just seemed like he kind of didn't care for a few years, and he finally got his act together. And that's the other thing too is you know UCLA. I think they're criminally over overlooked. Um, you know, we both have them highly rated. Um, just the the the. The and we'll get to this in a bit in my deeper dive, but the you know, the fall they took in the in the polls for losing at seven by seven at uh, Utah was just stupid. All right, my top ten uh, apex quarterbacks. Just a couple of new names in here. Um, the reason I think that your model loves Texas State is the big Ponchatoula number seven T.J. Finley checking in for his first visit in the apex top ten. Um, the other new name. This shocked me. Uh, Jalen yeah. Milrow. Um, I I guess I mean it's agnostic as to like how bad the bad passes are. If they're not interceptions, I'll just put it at that. It you know there's no minus points for like boy you made a really bad decision, but it wasn't intercepted. It's just a a, a harmlessly to the ground uh, pass as far as Apex is concerned. But hey, credit to him. You know the guy can run and he he can throw the deep ball. It's just everything else that's a little shaky uh, for him. Um, yeah, I, I will say that Bama has, since losing to Texas, there was huge concerns about like with them against Old Miss. They beat Ole Miss. Con- we were concerned against them against uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi they put State, them away. Yeah. Good for them. And again, remember, Jalen Miller didn't play in that horrible UCF USF game. <sighs> He he. That was the other people that played in that game. So he's been he was spared from that. Like when we think of Bama, we think of like, oh my God, they almost lost to USF. Jalen Milrow did not almost lose to USF. Uh, that was the other people, not Jalen Milrow. So I think Bama is finding their stride, but 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 huge but there. Yes. It is against teams that have not been historically amazing. Huge question marks no. on those teams as well. Old Miss again. Their biggest win so far this season, although they beat LSU this last week, but outside of that, their other big win was Georgia Tech. So, and Georgia Tech just lost a Bowling Green. So, question marks on some of these teams. And I think you got Texas A&M. You're going to have LSU. 
You're going to have Auburn, which is actually, that's not that hard to beat Auburn now at this point. But I think you have a cross division with, you have Tennessee coming up as well. So there are more losses potentially on the schedule for Bama. So Millerell has some opportunity to fall a bit here. But I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State were two of the kind of more permissible defenses. And I think that's kind of why he's been raised a little bit there. And we'll have to see if, if going up against LSU, well, LSU's defense is horrible, but Texas A&M or, uh, or Tennessee can bring him down to earth a little bit there. Yeah, SEC West is interesting in that, you know, I, I just, I, I'd say definitionally, definitionally it's open if, if Texas A&M is looking like the best team, question mark. Um, it's going to have a lot more drama than usual. Uh, I think that's an easy bet for this year. All right. Top Orion by player. Two new entries in here. Um, Washington still has two of the top eight now. Uh, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU is a new name in here. Uh, not surprising since they had like almost 50 points against um, Ole Miss. And then Robert Lewis of Georgia State. Um you know, going along with the great season that Granger's having, and good, uh, good job uh, by Sean Elliott, the coach there. You know, they lost their best receiver last year, Jamari Thrash, to Purdue, but they've groomed it along another guy who's in the top ten nationally in Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, again, crazy that two players on Washington are both on this list. Uh, yeah. Again, and two on LSU as well. Um, just kind of crazy there. Georgia State there. Robert Lewis, Georgia yeah. State, that's kind of nuts as well. Um, but yeah, Xavier Leggett, South Carolina, and Mizzou. If we were talking about the, L- the SEC struggling, but like they, they have a lot of guys on this list. So um, interestingly enough, Houston, you know, Houston's like not a bad team. They didn't cover the spread against Texas Tech, um, but they're not, they're definitely not a bad team. I think they've definitely improved a little bit. And I think, uh, I, I think they're, they're a team to kind of watch out for. Maybe not this year, but definitely next year potentially as well. They're they're rebuilding a bit this year after using, losing Clayton Toon. Um, but I think going forward, they could be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Um, you know, Houston, going back to them for a second, that Samuel Brown's been in this list basically since like week two. And I... I'm, I'm curious, but not curious enough to, to watch since Houston just seems like a bad football team this season. Um, but maybe if they're playing an interesting team, I'll probably watch them just to see what this kid's about. Uh, and then this this guy at fifth, Gage Larv, Dane or whatever his name is, it might be, he's been there since the first week. He's just – he's not dropped out of the top ten, which is interesting since Miami's offense is okay, uh, second mm-hmm. best in the MAC, but that's not saying a lot. All right. Uh uh, top Ryan by team. Um, the only real new entrant here is Louisville at number 10. Um, you know, I think if we go back, we could see that Jack Plummer was, um, Oh, sorry. Jack Plummer was in the top 10 for apex mm-hmm. at number 10. So just, you know, Louisville just coming along as a passing offense. Um, nothing really new or illuminating on here. An interesting it's- thing I will say there, about Louisville though, <clears throat> um, you see there in terms of Ryan, they're only a, 11 yards behind Notre Dame in terms of Ryan Louisville, six and a half, seven point dogs this week. Notre Dame's coming yeah. down to visit them. Well, actually they're not, it's not that far down. They're just they are, the States border each other, but um, interesting dynamic there. This Louisville team is not bad. They've played a couple of close games, but that's due to 
them having leads and then um, and, and then basically them playing insanely conservative because of those massive leads. So don't fault them for that. This Notre Dame team is a little on. I'm not. I don't have the most faith in this Notre Dame team. Watch out for this Louisville team. They could pull up an upset this week. Because the thing is, no one's paying attention to this upset for Notre Dame. They could lose this game, I believe. Yeah, that that line is is um, sneaky short compared to I think a you know pub for lack of a better term. Um, I don't think it really mirrors the you know the the widespread opinion or impression of these two teams. I'm looking for it right here. Where is you, Notre Dame? What is that number? It's like seven, right? Yeah, there it is. Seven, seven, six. I think I saw six and a half somewhere, but yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Uh, top running offenses, three new in the top ten is my dog sparked their approval at the Toledo Rockets going up into the top ten. Um, I forget. They, they played a, a pushover last week, and I think, oh, they played Northern Illinois, and they have a horrible defense, so that pushed them up here. Tennessee, um, really unfortunate. I don't know if you saw Brew McCoy's out for the season. He had a really bad injury against South Carolina. Now they're able to run the ball, but that's not really what they, you know, do to really make themselves super awesome. Um, but it's good sign, I guess, that they can run. And then Texas popped into the top ten after after going against Kansas and they just ran for a considerable amount against the Jayhawks. Oh, and Air Force went back to number one. I don't know if you remember, I think Liberty yes. was ahead of them last week, but hey, Brady Hoke, the cure for um, the cure for the common run offense, I guess. Again, Air Force and Liberty, watch out for them. Those are two teams that no one really pays attention to them. You get them with mass. You you can basically don't be afraid to lay. And this is again, these are teams that we're like, oh, there we have like three touchdown favorites. They're only like one or two touchdown favorites. We play them, and we we usually do really well with those. They're some of my they're, they're some of my, my some of my favorite plays are Air Force plays right now. So, um, yeah. shout out to them. I, I really like them. Agree. Um, fun team to bet on too. All right, bum lists plural. Our guy Keegan Shoemaker finally threw enough to get onto the bum list. Um, he debuts at number two. Um, number four, Noah Kim at Michigan State. I think playing at Iowa will do that to a lot of people. In fairness. Um, this Middle Tennessee State guy's been just on the border the whole time, so it doesn't surprise me that he snuck in here. And hey, guess what? Chevin Cordero, who um, a lot of my USC buddies are just telling me how great he's going to be this season. Nah, he's in the bottom 10 nationally. Um, you know, the the losers in Team Ryan Auburn, uh, not a surprise if you saw them against Georgia or have seen them play. Their passing offense is just horrible. Oklahoma State, I'm going to do a deeper dive on them at some point. It just ain't working. Um, yeah. from the offensive side of the ball. And then Akron, um, I didn't I didn't know this. My guy Biscuit just uh, told me about this today. DJ Irons is out for the season yeah. for an ACL. That hurts. Sad. That hurts. Mm-hmm. And look, because right right, right ahead of them is uh, Bowling Green. <laughs> Bowling Green has just scored 38 at Georgia Tech. And still yeah. they're a bottom 10, bottom 10 uh, explosive pass offense. Um. And just take a look up here at, at Wyoming's number three. Just keep that in, in mind for a moment. Um, I don't know. Any of these teams you want to poop on or quarterbacks you want to take a shot at? Um, No, I, uh, I I think it's Emory Jones being on there is interesting as well. EJ Warner as well. Um, 
some ones that are kind of surprises, some ones that are not kind of surprises. But yeah, Brennan Armstrong as well. Like that one is one that was like a bit of a surprise. Yeah. People were kind of higher on NC State and Brennan Armstrong this year. I uh, was. Like, do, yeah, we, we kind of I, – I mean, I wasn't that high on them, but I'm like, okay, they're going to, like, do something. But nope, they uh, have decided to not do something. So, uh, yeah. In, in fairness to EJ Warner, he's faced two really good defenses in um, Rutgers and Miami. Um, I think we can give him a little bit of space for that versus, like, Chevin Cordero, who's played USC. <laughs> which should be a gimme. Yeah. All right. Defensive apex. Marshall just continues to defy gravity here. And I'm just, I'm not going to argue about it anymore, but it, it's going to end at some point. Uh, Iowa jumps into the top 10. Thank you, Noah Kim. Thank you. Interim coach, Mark D'Antoni. Um, Fresno state in the top 10. Um, I forget who they play, but they just, Oh, Nevada. Yeah. Um, that, that'll help you there. Didn't cover the spread though. That hurt. No, yeah. Um, I don't know if you were on that. I know I, our buddy Isaiah yeah. was. That 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 was a tough one. Um, <clears throat> Oklahoma, you know, yeah, you're facing that new quarterback at Iowa State, Rocco Becht. Um, and Alabama, not surprising at all. They've just been tough, um, although they're new to the top ten. But, um, you know, our questions about them are not on defense. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Anything here worth commenting upon? Yeah, I mean <clears> – <throat> I, I Liberty is interesting there at one at, at, at two. Marshall again defying gravity, negative apex. Uh, at some point that bubble will pop, but just not this week apparently. Yeah. Ohio a MAC team up there as well, very interesting as well. Um, yeah. But Oklahoma is also pretty good though, and this is why I'm really hyped for the the Red River this weekend. I think that's going to be. I think Oklahoma has a very legit chance to take out Texas. I think, although the model does favor Texas. By less than the spread, I would say, I still think Oklahoma can knock them off here, and I think that you're giving me six and a half, ten. You're giving me six and a half, seven, with Oklahoma on a neutral field against a team that has Texas basically beat a Bama team that I'm not particular. I don't particularly think was good then, and I don't particularly think they're good now. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the points, and I'm taking the money line there. Yeah. You know, and just to kind of game theory that out a little bit, um, I'm wondering, um, wonder what Oklahoma is to make the playoff. I um, can check that. That doesn't seem too crazy. Oklahoma pl- uh, to make the playoffs plus three fifty. To win outright twenty five to one, but I saw twenty eight to one in a different book. I kind of like the twenty five to one. I think they're they'd be like a sneakily good team if they got in. They could potentially have the right combination of offense and defense to oh. win it. Uh, well, I guess, and um, you know, we have them in Texas in both top eleven in offense and defense, and I'm sure in what their price is what about triple that of Texas's to win. The playoff? Yeah. Interesting mm-hmm. for those so inclined. Okay. Um, top defensive gab. This is the best running defenses. Texas A&M uh, runs in number three after facing um, Arkansas, who cannot run the ball, despite what my Twitter buddy says. And James Madison uh, debuts in the top ten at number five. Um, I think they, they played Troy, who's 
not really great on offense. Um, and also want to point out UCLA um, in the top 10 still. Um, I think they're just, like I said, criminally overlooked. And back to the top, Jacksonville State, beside, you know, notwithstanding that horrible, horrible, horrible game versus Sam Houston State, still uh, number one in run defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I think Jacksonville State being number one is, is fascinating. Um, Texas A&M being up there is good, is interesting as well. You've got a Bama defense that's not a Bama offense this week that's not particularly good. I think you could potentially stop them, throw, make Jalen Miller a throw, and that may or may not be a good thing. Um, Oklahoma and Texas again, pretty sneakily good defenses there. So that's and and UCLA again, another really strong defense. They are favorites against an undefeated Washington State, and they're under they're favorites for a reason. So keep yeah. that in mind. Many reasons, and I'll actually get a little deeper that in just a moment here. All right, market intelligence. So these are the lines that are trying to tell me something or I'm missing something. Uh, we're going to go over these and see if you can maybe eliminate what I might be missing. Uh, first one, Middle Tennessee giving four and a half to Jacksonville State. Um, is this just the market over, over, overreacting to the horrible Jacksonville State last week? Um, I can't believe there's really a lot of faith in Middle Tennessee. What do you think? Yeah, I... Uh... I think this is – it's kind of weird. I don't fully understand this line. This line is down to three and a half. I bet Jacksonville State a couple of days ago at three and a half. Um, I, I really do like um, – I really do like Jacksonville State here. I think Middle Tennessee is not that good. My model still kind of likes them, but not that much. Um, I think Jacksonville State is like secretly not bad. I think Sam Houston State – scored on last week. I'm not sure exactly how they did that, but they did, and I'm going to kind of just fade it and chalk it up as they just got really lucky, or they did something they weren't expecting. And I think um, I think that will just that's just kind of a fluking, flukiness, and Middle Tennessee will go back to, to sucking. And as we talked about, right, Jacksonville State, <laughs> I think, was, was actually, I think, one of the better... Jacksonville State had a pretty good rushing attack, right? Middle Tennessee cannot stop Middle Tennessee is pretty bad on defense. So I think if Jacksonville State can get back, like, and, and Middle Tennessee State's quarterback is on the, the bum list, and they they basically rely on running the ball, and I think they're not – Jacksonville State has good run defense. So I, I think Jacksonville State has a good matchup here. I think they can win. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if the market needs to listen to our podcast, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. The next one, and this is I'm, – I'm very much in an awkward situation here. Um Number one, this number is up to six and a half now. And um, yeah. I believe me, nobody is a bigger believer in Jerry Kill and the Kill Machine at New Mexico State. But FIU has found a quarterback. And like I outlined, they're a different team with this kid. And numbers, the money's just going away, uh, you know, towards New Mexico State. Um, I don't get it. I don't know if we're just ahead on this one. And again, I'm not one who loves to bet against New Mexico State, but. I, 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 with the more money that's going, just it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't. Am I just kind of weird on either here? So I don't know how much. So I've got this at yeah six, six and a half. I grabbed. I yeah. actually grabbed a parlay with Jacksonville State plus three and a half and New Mexico State minus six. I don't love this. The thing is, New Mexico State should have beaten Hawaii by a Hawaii. lot. Yeah. They should have beaten. They should have beaten <clears throat> Hawaii. And they should have beat them by a lot. Now we ended up getting the push on that. 
but I feel very sad because not only did I bet the three and the money line, and then I also live bet minus two and a half, and then I think I live bet like at one point I live bet minus twelve and a half at like plus two sixty, and all literally all of them should have cashed. Literally every single one of those bets should have cashed. New Mexico State let them back in with a bunch of stupid penalties. And I just don't know how I feel about going back to the well in New Mexico State. Now, to be fair, though, that was traveling to Hawaii, so that is probably a bit far. And what I'm realizing is this is actually pretty significant. This is almost as much different from New Mexico State to Hawaii as the other way, right? FIU to New Mexico State, you know how far that is? That's an insanely far distance for these guys to travel. And this is, and again, we talk about this. I believe this is FIU's first conference road game, or close to it, I think. So... I are either they, they they did it out of the travel to Liberty, but Liberty is nowhere near as far as New Mexico State. So I think this is this is significant travel distance. So I don't necessarily hate New Mexico State here. I think they could potentially, uh, I think they could potentially cover this spread. I just the, my model really loves New Mexico State here, but I think my model just likes them anyways. So, <laughs> but I just I'm a little iffy on them. I think I think there's something here, and I think. I think the reason they have that spread so big is because they want to bet bait people into betting FIU, and I think the right play is New Mexico State. Yeah, I'm guessing the one thing too that maybe this is more along the line along the lines of like what they think will get money. You know, FIU is just coming off a huge loss to Liberty. Um, I can completely completely forgive that because Liberty's been all through all of these top twenty offenses, defenses, this, that, and everything else, and then you've got a, a true freshman quarterback that's dealing with that. Okay. I, I can get past that real quick. Um, good point, though. <laughs> BC at Army. Uh, Army is giving three and a half. What this tells me is, to go back to part one, Tony Elliott, you blew it. <laughs> you lost to a team that is getting points at Army. Well done, bud. Yeah, yeah it's an Army is not particularly good. I actually have Boston College as a favorite, a pretty sizable favorite here, but I'm not touching this. No. I I have zero desire to touch this game at all. Nope, not a chance. Um, yep, not touching it or watching this game. But just very <laughs> yeah. ugly. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not touching this. Nope. Yeah. Um, and then along the lines, Boiling Green is getting eleven at Miami, um, who's a nice <laughs> offense, Miami, Ohio. But mm-hmm. this just tells me that, you know, the market's giving zero credit for whatever happened um, when Bowling Green won at Georgia Tech by 11. Yeah, they're be, like, right? yeah, they're like, well, that was weird. Anyway, um, so, yeah, they're uh, 11 point dogs <laughs> to another MAC team because uh, they're just like, yeah, that's not happening again. Some weird combination of things happened and that's just not happening again. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I like the way you said that it's the anyway line. And speaking of the anyway line, uh, Arkansas State getting 16 at Troy. Arkansas State has had a couple of good weeks on offense against um, Hopeless Southern Miss and hard to figure out Massachusetts. And I think um, them getting 16 at Troy is basically an okay, anyway, um, kind of line, as you said. It is interesting. I do only have Troy as nine point favorites, so I'd slightly lean towards Arkansas State in this, but I'm not touching. Again, this is, I'm not touching this. No, that is like, I, a I can't. No, no. I, the thing is, on one hand, I can't trust Troy. I feel like Troy is a little too overvalued and they're due for regression at some point. But at the same time, that I'm, I'm not betting that with Arkansas State. I'll just wait because I think they're in uh, – no, they're in the Sun Belt and they're, they don't play midweek games. That's CUSA and then I think Maction in, in a bit. But they're – so 
I that won't be a midweek game, but at some point, at some point, we will fade Troy. I just that's not against Arkansas State. Nope. Yeah. Um, Tulsa at FAU. FAU has been their passing game has been horrible. They lost Casey Thompson. Tulsa actually looked really, really good against Temple. I actually have Tulsa um, just straight up winning this game. I don't get FAU giving points to to Tulsa now. I I don't know if Tulsa had a couple of really bad games that people have seen, but I just I can't see the case for FAU giving points here unless there's some sneaky awesome home field advantage that I am unfamiliar with. Uh, what do I have here? Yeah, I have Tulsa minus seven. So I think I bet Tulsa. I think I've bet Tulsa already on some book somewhere. I've bet Tulsa already. I remember looking at that. I'm like, Tulsa's not bad. So, um, yeah, I, I don't just, know why FAU is laying points. Yeah, I think we're just ahead of the story, and I think maybe there's too much of the preseason preseason narrative of Tom Herman and uh, turning this mm-hmm. around. Now FAU did cover against Illinois, which is kind of crazy, but. True. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's on the road. Um, mm-hmm. Point. Colorado um, is giving just five and a half at Arizona State, which is interesting um, in that Arizona State's been so woeful. Um, I would think that this would be a larger line, but if you kind of look at what both these teams did at home against USC as a barometer, which I hate to use, but I, I'm guessing that's kind of guiding the market here. I would think that Colorado would be giving considerably more than this to Arizona State, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think so as well. But I, I have Colorado minus nine, so I there is some value there. There's the full seven there as value. I'm seeing this as six in some books. Uh, and I, I, think, I think there is some value on Colorado. I don't love it, but I don't... Uh, I don't hate it either, so I think uh, I think it's, it's definitely playable. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, this is one of those instances where I can't really align the um, the spread in the total. So Fresno's giving five to Wyoming, um, and the total's 46. And I think uh, when we were talking about Team Ryan, and I said, look, Wyoming's third from last. F- Fresno... I had them as like a top what top twenty defense if I, I believe I think they're a top ten defenses if I remember correctly. Um, sorry, there's just a lot a lot that I've shown here. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, Fresno I have as number seven nationally, and I'm not saying my numbers are the best and be all end all and the complete source of truth. Um, I just have a hard time seeing a, a really bad Wyoming offense scoring 20 points. Now maybe Wyoming can keep it within five points because they're tough at home and they're a good defense. Um, I just can't see, this is projecting to basically, uh, what would that be? 42, 21, 26 to 21 Fresno. I can see Fresno getting 26. I can't see Wyoming getting 21 points. They're just not that good of an offense and they're playing an elite defense. Um, I, I, you kind of see it the same way. Just the the spread and the and the total don't line up to me at all. To me, the spread doesn't make sense. I actually have I have like, I have Fresno as a much bigger favorite. Um, where is Fresno here? This is this is this a yeah? It's one of those late games on Saturday, I think. 
This this sounds like CBS Sports Network. Yeah, it, it is a CBS Sports game. <laughs> uh, Fresno State's the most CBS Sports game. I have Fresno State minus 21, um, and I kind of like wow. that line. I, I, I think – the thing is I think there's probably some like conference road game on this too, but at the same time, it's not that far. It's only – now it's a, it's a very small stadium. So you're not getting the kind of electric crowd you would get with Fresno State they have actually a relatively bigger stadium. But at the same time, like, okay, people are like, oh, you never want to have to go to Wyoming. Okay, but you're not that far in Fresno State. You're northern okay, – Fresno is what? Mid-California, right? Yeah. So you're um, not that I guess, far. Yeah. If we're going to play this game, I, I, that's, I don't know if you fly into Laramie. It's not like Laramie is a metropolis, and I don't know if Fresno charters. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, and I think Wyoming is actually the highest elevation in all of FBS. Mm. But is that going to gas the defense? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, I love those. Well, ordinarily, I'd be all over this, but that's the same time as Arizona at USC. So this will be my secondary game, um, kind of my, mm-hmm. my, my during commercials and halftime. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, deeper dives. So... I mentioned this last week and I just wanted to quantify everything. So kind of the background for this, you know, I've just titled this road trips from hell. It's really those first, and you just mentioned this uh, quite a bit in part one and part two today, that first conference road game is just a bitch. Um, And, you know, I noticed this after a few years of the Pete Carroll era. So I just thought a good kind of, you know, good test case would be look at his entire record when he was at USC for all nine years. And we've got basically what he did in his first um, conference road game. So he went four and five with an average margin of winning by five and five point three. Um, that's basically all a function of this crazy 2005 game where they just, you know, that was that best offense ever that USC had with Leonard Bush, Lundale and three thousand yard receivers. Um, so you compare that four and five with an average margin of five point three. For their other Pac-10 road games for the rest of the, you know, all those seasons, they were 25-5 and with a margin of 15.8. You know, because this is near and dear to my heart, I'm not trying to say one thing or another. Just it was a really big example that I just, it it taught me a lesson. I think that we can probably, you know, impute this, um, you know, to, to seasons going forward. And for example, I just pulled up. For the Pac-12, the first conference road game for every team so far. Now, Washington State has not yet played, so there's 11 games here. So road teams are 4-7. and seven. What's really interesting here is against the spread, they're 2-9. and nine. Um, Arizona State, improbably, I did not see this coming, covered at Cal. You know, the only other one that covered was Oregon, and um, Oregon kind of covered themselves in their own poop for about um, – two quarters in that game, they were actually trailing Stanford for way too long mm-hmm. considering Stanford's got some challenges. Um, so I bring this up. Obviously there's something here. Now I've got, you know, I've got the big caution sign here. The sharpest approach here is, is to quantify the trend. You know, don't just look at this and just say automatically. Yeah. Okay. Well, Washington state's at UCLA. I'm going to bet Washington. I'm going to bet UCLA then, you know, you might be ahead of, of, of some dopes out there. Um, but the same dopes are probably also missing that UCLA is just criminally uh, overlooked too. Uh, the big thing here is to quantify the trend. So, you know, I, I've mentioned this a little bit, and I think that, you know, as, as some off-season homework, 
I think Robert and I really want to go back and just kind of go to this. And this is interesting. You know, you can, as a proxy, maybe say, okay, maybe a team's about 10 points worse in that first game versus, you know, you'd otherwise expect. But really the thing is point spreads are more of a symptom than a cause. I'd really want to look at the under underlying, like, okay, points per, or, or uh, yards per play, you know, interceptions, just the stuff that, that should be repeatable in other environments and just, just you'd be able to, you know, isolate, okay, how much is this, just this one instance really setting a team back? So, um, yeah, that's, the, that's I, your homework. Take care mm -hmm. of that, Leah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll, I'll do that for no. I mean, in the off season, yes, not, not for next week though. No, I actually, I really like the caution uh, sign there. And it's an important point that I'd like to say too, is that, Yes, be aware of this trend, but don't necessarily blind bet this trend, right? So, for example, you could say, oh, okay, well, they, they, they were two and nine, so let's just blind bet the other side. And, okay, well, yeah, you may have actually – you may have had some success there. Um, not necessarily guaranteed success. And the thing is I'd say, like, okay, look, if you like the if you like the home team in that case, if it's, it's their – it's the first game at home versus a, like, okay, bet that team. If not, then kind of, if, if you like the road team, then kind of stay away because the thing is, again, those spreads are generally shorter anyways, and then they still fail to cover those shorter spreads because they try to get people to buy in on those spreads. So basically it's just because the, it's a game on the road doesn't mean it's a lock. So always be a little careful of that and Hey, don't just be like, well, bet blindly bet a trend. I, I, I that's one of the things I, I generally hate is blind betting trends. Um, there's always used to be some of these trends like, oh, every um, NFL preseason game bet the under. Well, guess what? People just said, screw, we're just not going to care about defense anymore. And then like the over was like 11 and two or something in, in a one week, like or yeah. some insane thing. Like when people start saying like, and and and. They're, they're the one movie I, I saw before, um, kind of similar to what we do here. Um, it's I think it's uh, I think it's Kevin Costner. It's Two for the Money. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware aware no. of it. Okay. No. Yeah, okay. No, it was. Um, it's. Um, uh, no. Yeah, not Pacino Kevin Costner. And uh, McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's right. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. I want to see where you're going with this, by the way, because this. Yes. Is, go ahead. Yeah. So there, you've seen this movie. Many times. Yeah, way too many yes. times. And there's a guy on there who's in some ways similar to me. So basically he uh, he, he starts handicapping college games and then he basically gives out picks for money and then basically he gets picked up by um, – I can't remember what his name is, but the guy who played Gordon Gecko in the, in, the, in the Wolf of Wall Street, I think. And he basically adds him to his team and then they have a team of guys who gives out NFL picks for Sunday – and one of the guys is a kind of computer guy, analyst guy, and he has like these trends of like, oh, road dogs in a going on the road into a into an open air stadium in the rain are like yeah. two and seven against the spread on like a third went sat Sunday in, in November. Like it's crazy trends like that. And I hate that level of like, oh, this very specific thing, this dog yeah. is I hate that in general, but I think if you have a more generic thing like, oh, okay, eight, like, oh, okay, first road game, that's a pretty simple trend. We're not looking at, like, NFL games played on a Saturday in a stadium in the rain with a dog of more than 10. Like, there's, you can obviously get way too granular on this, but you're like, oh, first road game, first conference road game. That's totally fine. That is a very fair, very safe uh, 
trend to look at. But again, I'd say don't necessarily always don't necessarily always fade the trend. Just be aware of the trend and be like, okay, I am placing the bet this bet in spite of that or because of that. And and although like although it's it's nice to it, it seems like a great idea just blind bet a trend, you can also get bit by that too. So be aware of it and when you're placing your bet and, and, and keep track of that. Yeah, another way to say that is um, <clears throat> clearly I think the market doesn't appreciate this angle yet, but you never know when they're going to, just like when you said earlier about the preseason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you never know when when just the lines are going to adjust. And you believe me, if you're just betting the angle blindly, you're going to lose a lot of money before you realize that the market's caught up. So you need to quantify. Um, the second point I want to make out of this is to you to go for 45 seconds into a horse racing, racing analogy. Um, a lot of the times when you see a bias in a, in a racetrack, if you see, you know, there are definite biases from time to time. A lot of times you'll see the horse on the lead will lead the whole way and nobody catches him. And the, the better thing than betting on the day of the bias, that's nice, but you kind of don't know for sure. But when you look back and say this day, all the horses on the lead ran, and if you know it was an extreme bias, at the next time, if you had a horse that was trying to come from behind but just couldn't get to get up for the win, different circumstance, different day, you know that the, that the circumstances will be better. I bring that up because you can see a lot. Okay, um, just to use an example, like who just who just stunk last uh, last week on the road? Washington. Washington looked like crap. You know, I wouldn't just say, oh, my God, Washington's terrible. Washington was in a bad spot. Everybody's, and I guess the other thing is like Arizona was in a great spot. They were catching a team making their first road um, road trip of the season in the conference. I have zero confidence in Arizona's ability to re, you know to to be equally as good at the Coliseum. Not to spoil anything, this is not a game we're going to do. I don't expect Arizona's defense to be anywhere near as good against USC at the Coliseum as it was hosting Washington in its first game. Takeaway there being quantify and then know not just what you see at the game, but how can you take advantage of that after the game where you're going to be ahead of the market. I've just, you know, I actually saw a piece in The Athletic that said, hey, Arizona's defense is ahead of schedule. No, they're not. They stink. They just were in a great spot. Two weeks ago, I just showed that their defense still sucks this season. Uh, Thirdly, you said that um, there's someone in the movie Two for the Money that's like you. Does that mean that you are a mediocre um, actor <laughs> in really shaky, horrible movies. No, no, no. I meant in terms of he, he was big on like, and yeah. he did computer modeling and stats. And it's like, cause I, I remember when I watched that movie, I'm like, Oh, is this me? And then he did all these weird sort of trends. I'm like, no, that's not what I do at all. No. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that movie, it's, it's kind of inter- entertaining, but you know, 80% is entertaining for the wrong reason. I'll just put it that yes. way. But it's, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those, I can't really pass up though. All right. Buck the bookie. If you're interested, just take a screenshot of this. If you don't know the rules yet, um, anything that you're interested in right now, I'm still ahead of you and DraftKings. You need to cash some tickets here. Granted, these are all futures. Yeah. But you got to, you got to, you got to cash something for at least 500 to, to, well, the swing would be, you have to make up 500 on me. Yeah. I feel like I'm in pretty good shape, I think. Um, I would say that the only bet I'm kind of a little like worried about a couple bets. I'm worried about Ohio State champions and maybe LSU, but I think they'll figure it out at some point. 
and then obviously Texas is concerning, but I like Big Ten. I like Penn State Big Ten, and I like Florida State to make the playoffs. Uh, I like those. Um, you don't have a Pac-12 bet, and you were just talking about Oregon earlier. Yeah, I know, but the problem is I gave a bunch of Oregon lines away, so I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. What, what would you give me Oregon to win the Pac-12? Let's find what your kick says. Well, you've yeah, we've kind of beaten that to death. Um, I've That's I the one line I, and, I didn't say. Yeah, I and you know, actually kind of smart people. I I whose opinion I value think that they're they're the best team in the in the Pac-12 at the moment. I wouldn't give you more than plus one eighty. Plus one eighty. Okay, what does DraftKings have? Plus two twenty. That's actually the best. That's better price in my book. So okay, give me fifth. Uh, give me seventy five at plus two twenty for that. And then what would you give me Air Force to win the Mountain West? Oh man. Now you're taking my own place and just turning them back in my face. Um, yeah, this is tough. Yeah, they're... Mm, 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 mm. See, you're not going to get the dead money angle with me. I, I, I'm pretty sure that, that DraftKings is going to be your spot to go here. I just... I, I can't give you more than, like, 220. 220? DraftKings is yeah. plus 190. So I'll take 50 from that for you. Are you serious? Yeah. Plus what do they 90. have, boys? What do they have? What do they have, boys? Yet? Uh, plus three twenty. <laughs> wow. Plus, okay. so they have Air Force plus one ninety, Fresno plus two twenty, Boise plus three twenty, and then everybody else is like plus a thousand or worse. Wait, what was Fresno? Fresno plus two twenty. Okay, so they're both at plus two twenty. So Bet365 has Air Force plus 200, Fresno plus okay. 225, Boise 275, which is even more laughable. And, you know. Okay, so you get plus, I gave you plus 220 on Air Force, right? Yeah. And how much? 50 points? 50. Okay. Only reason I like 50 is because last year they screwed me. Yeah. Last year they, they were like they me. Because we were like, we were on them. We were like, oh man, like two or three yeah. to one. We're like, let's see, betting that. And then they just, they lost a random game to someone and then they just blew Wyoming all that up. Wyoming was so. the beginning, yeah. And they yeah. just kind of just gave up for a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. Looking ahead. So kind of looking back before we look ahead. Here's where we were last week. Uh, I went two and two and oh with one push. You actually went four and one with one push. Well done. One of those was a money line, giving you the weird six point six. Oh, that's swings. why you're giving me oh six point six. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, the dual model plays a disappointing three and four. Although, yeah, I don't know. I can't again. I can't count the Duke as a bad loss because Jacksonville State was an incredibly lucky win. Yeah, those um, kind of cancel out. Mississippi yeah. State, I think, is it's not necessarily. Nebraska, that was just – I don't even know what happened there. But Mississippi State is kind of like – it's not really our fault because we're really low on Bama. Our model can't really differentiate between like, oh, this was Bama with Jalen Milrow. This was Bama without Jalen yeah. Milrow. So I think that's kind of not necessarily – I'm not going to lie. I played it, and I, I lost money there too. But at the same time, I think it's like that's not necessarily our uh, fault. Oh, yeah, the Louisville was a push. That's Oh, that's what the zeros for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 against the number. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. Okay, so uh, the preseason upsets. Um, 
This week, I've got Iowa State over TCU, um, and that would still be an upset. Um, Brendan Moore actually uh, called before the season Texas A&M over Bama, and good for him. They're actually – wait, no, are they getting points? Yeah, they're getting points a little bit, so Mm – um, I like it was his chances three and a half, there. Down to two and a half. Down, it was three and a half. Now down to two and a half. I still like Texas A&M though. I think they're the better team. Yeah. All right. So this week, um, just so people understand <laughs> the population here, the first line. Yeah. <laughs> so what I started with was where I have variances of of seven or more, and then I've just noted where the lean toss up model, basically Robert's simulations, have it, and where they agree. And say it's a play, they're in bold. And if they don't agree that it's a play, it's not in bold. So the Buck Metrics model projections will be the ones that are not in bold. And the ones that are bold, again, are going to be the dual model plays. So, yeah, um, I feel very comfortable <laughs> agreeing with the model. <laughs> since, like I've said, this is a Liberty is a Menace podcast. And um, I think your model is taking that literally. Um, 60. And you know what? Yeah. I can see that happening. Here's the thing. If they want to win by 60, they can win by 60. Like, if they want to, they can. They just I, – I think at, at – once they score a 55, they'll be like, all right, guys. I think that that's enough, guys. It's, it's Sam Houston's day. I think we can stop now. We can rest our starters here. Um, and remember, it's Sam Houston going on the road to Liberty. This is going to – like. Yeah. And again, so th- this is actually kind of fascinating because there are – this game is actually so important, not just for college football, but also has NFL implications too. So this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to draw a line from here to the NFL from last weekend on Sunday. So what happened was last week, obviously, Sam Houston State had an offensive explosion scoring 28 points, actually. Yeah, yeah. four times more touchdowns than they had scored all season just in last week. They massively performed expectations. Their quarterback threw for, I think, like 300 yards. Just insane performance by him. Last Sunday... Uh, Justin Fields, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, had the best, basically the best game of his career through for over 325 yards or some insanely high number against the Denver Broncos. And then Sunday night, Zach Wilson, someone who had number two former pick from, from BYU, uh, number two overall pick from BYU quarterback, he basically almost beat the Chiefs in Sunday Night Football. A crazy game. Uh, now, unfortunately, I was on the wrong side of that because he actually, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Ran towards the end zone, took a knee at the one yard line. Hey, he rushed in and went to one by ten. I would have cut. We would have covered the spread there. That's a little sad, but anyways, you can't win everything. But yeah, that was a crazy, uh, crazy. Those are, so basically, what I'm saying is those are crazy outlier games by teams and specifically quarterbacks. Now this game is on Wednesday. If Sam Houston State goes back to being the team we think they are, then that shows that okay, that was clearly a one game off, and that's exactly what my model is saying. My model is saying. Pfft, I do not give. I do not care. That was very clearly a one-off. That's not happening. That's very clearly an outlier. That's not happening uh, again. Now, this is the interesting one. So, if Sam Houston State continues that improvement, usually you get these one-off outliers, and usually they don't make a, a trend. But there are. But we now have three examples of huge, very clear outliers by players that people have thought have been kind of horrible. So, the, if Sam Houston State doesn't. Is, is horrible tomorrow night. This is recording this on Tuesday. If they're horrible tomorrow night, that basically says, hey, guess what, guys? Justin Fields might not be that good still. Or Zach Wilson might also not be that good. So that's why this game has NFL implications. I know that's a crazy line to draw, but it, it does. <laughs> well done, though. Um, 
Yeah, the total in this one, clearly our models are on different sides. Um, I think because you've just got Liberty never being stopped, apparently. And I think my model's got a little more faith in the Sam Houston defense. So um, not a dual model play, but I, I do have that under. And that, that number has moved down since um, to like 45, it looks like now. Um, Western Kentucky at Louisiana Tech. Um, this is interesting. Both of us yeah. are, are models like Louisiana Tech. Now, Bachmeyer is hurt, although I'm less concerned about that. I think that his mm -hmm. backup came in was reasonably okay last week, and they, they um, sealed up the win. It's interesting, too. Um, Hambone um, texted me and said, why does your model like Western Kentucky? But, you know, not particularly close, or, or Louisiana Tech. And we've actually got both, both of our models have Louisiana Tech as the outright favorite here. So that's also in the, not here, one of those wrong team favorite plays as well. Mm -hmm. This one Anything is on fascinating. Yeah, this one was fascinating to me as well because <clears throat> I saw this and I'm like, wait, what, why would I have LA Tech favored here? And then I looked at it and Bachmeyer yeah. is hurt, but my model thinks that might actually be kind of a positive if that's possible. Um, he might actually be, the, the, the replacement might be pretty good. Remember they actually covered the spread against Nebraska. Now that's not saying much, but also Western Kentucky's not that, that good. So I think there's a chance that LA Tech could be not bad. Now they did, they, they got the job done against UTEP. They covered an alt spread there too. Probably should have won that more, but I think that was a road game too, right? That was the, they were on the road against UTEP as well. So I think this could be a very interesting, um, this could be a very interesting position for them. So I think, uh, yeah, let's, uh, uh, I, I'm okay with putting something on 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 um, LA Tech there. If this gets up to seven, I'm just going to pound this even more. Uh, I already put something on at I think six. Or no, you have you have it at seven, I think. Uh, let me see yeah. here. I've got it six and a half. I've got six and a half too. I grabbed six and a half, I think, somewhere. I think if it gets up to seven, I'll hit it again. But yeah, I I I like LA Tech there on Thursday. <coughs> Okay. Um, yeah, the next one, this is this is interesting. I've got this as a clear play. Like I talked about, um, I think it was in, at the end of part one, Western Michigan actually is the third best offense in the in the MAC. They're very much improving. Um, my model likes them at Mississippi State somehow. Your model has this, you know, there's a variance, but not enough for me to count as a dual model play. I've actually, um, I actually grabbed Western Michigan um don't know it looks like you're probably not going to play it with just not that much of a difference here yeah this one is kind of i'm, I'm not touching that i think that's pretty close to that line i'm just kind of like whatever i think they could cover it i just have flashbacks to western michigan letting iowa score like 41 on them or something it was some insanely high number <laughs> i i have flashbacks to that i'm not i'm not i don't particularly want to relive that so yeah i'm just gonna leave that one alone Fair. And it really kind of a very similar setup here. Toledo going to Massachusetts. Um, you know, we've, you've got this off by a little bit about a field goal and I've got this more by two touchdowns. So uh, not a dual model play. I've just played it for a half a unit just because there is a variance. Um, you know, my model actually in, in the variance of 11 and higher, actually, when I think like eight and four last week, I think um, now I was too freaking dumb to just pass them all along as I am this week. Um, so apologies to those of you who followed my plays and didn't get all of them. You're getting all of them this week. Um, I, I, I probably... will say this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Finish. Go. No, no, no okay. please. I, I will say it's fascinating though, that like sometimes, sometimes our models are like both on the same side of being 
like against the line. But sometimes, like one of our one of our models agrees with the with the books, and the other, sometimes the other one does, and the other one disagrees. And I think that's a really nice point to have, where it's like, okay, you're out alone on this. Like last week with Kansas, now again, that's not necessarily the same thing because Jalen Daniels was out, so it's not necessarily fair. But I think that um, I think that it's it's very nice to have it. Sometimes where like the other model kind of acts as a ground for the model, where it's like, okay, one model thinks this is value, the other model doesn't, then you don't play that. I think that's a very safe thing to say. Don't touch that. And I think that's that's a really good, nice feature to have. Yeah, well, that's that's how the dual model uh, plays went like fifty nine point two or four percent last season. Mm-hmm. Um, on the former of that. Literally, we both have the same total here at LSU at Missouri. We both have 77 with totally different um, methodologies. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I I hammered this one. I don't like overs as much as I do unders. I'm more confident in unders, but um, definitely like this one. When LSU can only win games by scoring like a billion points, I think it's okay. Yeah, and just to remind you, going back to the Buck Metrics metrics part, um, Brady Cook is actually a higher-rated quarterback than Jackson Dart by a good amount. Um, so if you're worried about can, um, you know, can another team repeat what Ole Miss did? Yeah, the um, offense as a whole isn't as great, but there's a better passing attack. And if you saw that game, truly the the real weak link of LSU is in the is in the back seven there. Um, their pass defense is horrible. Um, I'm going against you on this next one here. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with the under here. My model loves unders. If the total is 82 and a half, or if I'll tell you what, I'll even be a gentleman. If the total is 80 uh, next week, we'll just lead with that about how awesome your model nailed this one. I, to be honest, sometimes the model does weird things. I think I'm more willing to chalk that one up as a model doing a weird thing. Um, but I could be wrong. Who knows, right? I mean, I think when... Oregon and Washington State, Oregon State and Washington State played. I think that was kind of close to what that total was. So I just, I don't know. UCLA's defense is good enough. I don't think they should be able to. But I think, yeah. I think your model is better at sifting out unders, though. So I will say that. So sometimes the total, because I remember there's been a couple times my model's been like really, really high on team scoring points, and that just doesn't happen. Like the last two Notre Dame games as well. So I think, it's, I mean, I still like the model, don't get me wrong, but I think sometimes it's not the greatest in terms of points scored. And there's reasons for that, but I think that's something more to look at in the offseason. I think there are some other changes I needed to fix this year, and I think I've fixed a lot of the games between teams for different conferences. That's been fixed. I think now the next step is okay, let's clean up the, the pace of games and stuff. That's going to be more for a next year project. Yeah, and the next thing, since I've got all your results, I'm, I'm, I think I want to backtest your um, your totals uh, as much as the sides against <clears throat> against uh, you know against the market just to see if if you know kind of what your model indicates is the best time to strike on a on an over or under. Mm-hmm. This next one I haven't bet yet. Um, I haven't seen a line. I don't know if there's more questions about Virginia Tech quarterback because I couldn't get a line on this one until really late on, on Virginia Tech. Um, but we both have this as a significant like two-score yeah. difference between the market. Um, kind of one of those things where I'm just going to plug my nose and play it um, and just trust trust both the models. And I maybe blame, blame Pat Narduzzi if this doesn't work for pumping up the, the Virginia Tech numbers. That's the only thing I can I, see that's really is at work here. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this one as well. I think... 
if it makes sense, I think the problem is the fact that Florida State played Boston College too close, and then they also played Clemson too close. And I think our models are like, oh, Florida State's not actually that good, but they we know they are that good. But then also, like, their win against LSU is looking worse and worse by the week, right? Like, people are like, oh, man, they blew at LSU by 21 points. Like, well, maybe they should have beaten them by more, right? And I'm of really two minds of this. I think the best play is to hedge out some Florida State futures and not to, I'm not, I don't think I'm touching this. I might play some Jordan Travis overs, like over one and a half touchdowns, whatever that comes out to be. I might play a couple of stuff on the, on this one, but I don't think I'm playing the spread on this one. I want to see this. This is, uh, this is the game I'm going to pay the most attention to. I'm going to figure out if like Florida, Tra- Travis had been hurt a little bit. So I'm going to figure out if he's mm-hmm. feeling better now after a week, week off if they've cleaned up some stuff on defense, cleaned up some stuff on offense, if they come out and cover this spread, I'm back. I'm, I think the mall is going to be a lot happier with Florida State. Um, if not, if this is if my model is correct here, this is only a two score game, then it's full on panic mode for Florida State, and then it's okay. How good is North Carolina? <laughs> how good is Miami? Right? That's my take on this game. If my, if this if this if my model is right on this game, then I'm going to say okay, my model is right about Florida State. We need to bail on Florida State futures right now, and that's that's my take on it. Yeah, fair. Um, I'm just looking at their schedule here. This is uh, Virginia Tech's first um, conference road game of the season, too. So maybe this is a huge, a huge get well. Um, I'm just going to take my inability to get a number on this one as a sign not to play it. It's an official model play, but not with my hard earned or otherwise earned money. Um, we talked about this one in the market intelligence. Just um, we both have this um, Tulsa as an outright favorite. Um, I'm, I'm betting that I have, I have grabbed them both, um, against the number mm-hmm. and against, um, and just, uh, straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that one too. <clears throat> FAU is like, it, it's possible that Tom Herman coming here, this is going to be a bigger rebuilding project than yeah. it seemed. And now again, I, I believe in Tom Herman to feel a good team, not a top 10 team, but a good team. And I think give him some time, he might clean this up. And but I just I think Tulsa is actually kind of a little bit better. They they cleaned up against Temple last week. I think Tulsa's not that bad, which makes Oklahoma even better too, just a little bit. So yeah. Um, in part one, we spoke about how um, San Diego State is dead and Boise is dead adjacent, um, having just one of their two losses as as a closeish game at San Diego State. This is interesting. We both have this um, basically even between San Jose State and Boise, um, which is more of an indictment given that to just go back to the bum list, uh, San Jose State's quarterback was uh, number 10 on the bum list. So um, I'm, I'm, I've am i played this. I grabbed the nine and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if this number's gone down. Do you have a later number than the nine and a half? Uh, let me see. Is this a late game? It's still nine and a half. Interesting. Okay. Are you going to play this one? I think I've actually already played it somewhere. Um, okay. Let me just find this one super quick. I, I don't – is this – this is, again, the thing. Is this San Jose State's first conference road game? They've been on the road before. Uh, yeah, they played at they Oregon went, State. No, they actually were no, they, no, they, they were at – yeah, they – sorry, they are at USC. They yeah, at, at USC, at Toledo. They were home to Air Force. Uh at 
Boise State, but to be fair, Boise State's not that far from San Jose. It's not the furthest. It's a bit more north, but not like not the worst trip. I think you just got to travel over the entire state of Utah, which isn't that bad, but it's not nothing. But it's not. Yeah. I, I it's not know. like I, flying. It's not like getting to Laramie. I'll put it that no. way. You've got you no. know airport to airport. That's actually mm-hmm. I've I've been right by San Jose State several times. It's it's not far from the airport. That's a nice mm-hmm. airport too. If you're ever flying to the Bay Area, flying to San Jose, it's a very yeah. nice, pleasant airport. If you're ever flying to Canada, <laughs> never go to Pearson Airport ever. It's horrible. <laughs> Fly okay. to Buffalo instead. <laughs> I'm not joking. Okay. It's, it's I, I went on I went on trips last year, and like every airport, I'm like, why is this infinitely better than Toronto? Like literally every airport was infinitely better. Toronto is just horrendous. There is no food, nothing. It is massive lines. It's just I. It's just horrendous. Just yeah, Buffalo is better. I, I go through. I've gone through O'Hare so many times. O'Hare is be- amazing, beautiful airport. And I don't even think it's like. I think people are like O'Hare is okay. I'm like this airport is amazing compared to Toronto. So, but <laughs> but no, San Jose State. Uh, no, I, I I actually do. I like San Jose State here. It is a bit. It is first non conference road game, but they have they did go to USC. I just don't think Boise's that good. I just give me the nine and a half, and give me a little bit on the money line there. I just. I'm not putting a ton on this, but I, I kind of like uh, I, I do like I do like uh, San Jose State here. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what this will be at kickoff too. I've just got a feeling that this number is going to move away from Boise. Um, yeah, this next one doesn't surprise. I guess I'm I'm a little surprised that the market is. I don't know. Maybe they're looking at the fact that Georgia Tech beat Miami last season, but I mean, come on, man, um, that's just kind of unforgivable just what they did against Bowling Green. Now maybe there's, okay, they beat Miami last season, and maybe there's also the whole nothing makes sense at Georgia Tech where they lose stupid games and they win nice games. So maybe this is a nice game where they give a better effort, but um, this is a dual model play. I think I made a small one on this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, this I, is I, grab, a, a nice I was one. able to grab this on Sunday at 20 and a half, which I really, really like. So. Nice. I'm not liking this 20. I think it's 21, 21 and a half. So I'm not touching that anymore. Um, but I got in there and I'm, I'm happy with that. Maybe a player prop here, maybe a Tyler Van Dyke over one and a half passing touchdowns. Cause Georgia tech does not seem to be able to stop anything on defense. Uh, so I, I, I do like this though. I think the, I feel like the market is caught up with Miami slash the market is like, I think the market thinks Miami is good, but not like they, they've been just severely undercovered. And I think, I, I I worry that I mean here's the thing our model just because our model likes something doesn't mean our our model's not like infallible, so our model could be saying oh they're really really good, but then at the same time they're actually not that good they've just been puffing like padding their stats basically against kind of worse teams, so then yeah. it could be a bubble waiting to pop so I do worry about that a lot, so we'll see is what I'm saying I I think they're they're a good team but they're gonna have to travel to there's a play North Carolina and they have to travel to, to Florida state. So good luck with that. And the thing is, it's going to be so sad. If, like we find this edge on Florida, Florida, the, the, uh, Miami this entire time. And then they go to Florida state and get crushed. And it's like, Oh, well that did, just didn't exist. It was a mirage. Right. So. Yeah. Um, we dif- disagree on this next one here. Um, I've got the total here at 41, um, the projected total. Uh, let me see. What is it? I think this number's come down from 50. Um, Let me check. I think it's closer to like 47 now. Um, 
but this hits this hits all the parameters. I've got. I know Alabama is is the elite defense that makes this qualifying. Forty six. Forty six. Yeah, that that seems a lot more realistic. Um, where is you? Yeah, so Alabama is 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 an elite. Texas A and M isn't quite there, so you don't have both defenses qualifying. But Alabama's strong enough where that margin is. You know, the last two seasons within these circumstances, this is over a seventy percent win rate by my model. So I'm I'm glad I got it where it is. Um, I think you said it's at forty six now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little too close. So I don't know if I'd bet it now, but um, I was happy I got it early. Kent State at Ohio State. Um, I I like this Ohio. You know, Kent State's offense is just horrible. Um, Ohio sneakily, their their defense is the strength of the team so far this season. Um, we both have this going way under, so I made a full bet on that. Don't know if you've bet any totals yet. And grab this no, one. No, it's forty five. Forty five now. Okay, still two scores, which I think is, is yeah forty five and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've 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 grabbed this on a on a full unit play. You gonna grab this maybe? I think I think I could, yeah. It's four and a half and a half, but the spread is like twenty six, so it's like Ohio yeah. beats them like thirty nothing, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's just one of these things where I think um I don't know, after some bad luck last week I'm I'm not doing team totals anymore until I have a little more a little more proof of concept. But um mm-hmm. I, I think that the market's probably giving Kent State too much of credit for their ability to score on the road. I mean they're just a horrible offense. They're bad all around, but especially their offense is just really inept. Um, ODU, man, both our models are just secretly in love with ODU again here. Um, Southern Miss is favored by two and a half. That's probably come down, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's like maybe one and a half now. Excuse me. Does that sound right? It's one and a half now, yeah. Yeah. Um, I grabbed ODU. Um, I just, I like that I have them much, much better. Southern Miss. You know their quarterback is on the bum list. Um, I think from from week one, still solidly on there. Billy Wiles, um, Southern Miss is just a, a program that's without any direction. Uh, Will Hall, the coach, is a former offensive coordinator. Their offense is stunk. Their only strength was defense. Their defensive coordinator is now with your Gators. There's just not a lot to like on this team. Um, have you have you grabbed this one? I I, I grabbed it for a full unit. Full unit. I. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to debate that. Um, that's also pretty, that's a pretty good teaser fodder, too. So, yeah, the thing is when your model I get likes this more like, than mine. Yeah, when I get something like that, though, I do worry about it, though. Um, I worry that's like, cause it's so far off of market consensus. I worry about the fact that you have that as plus 14. I like that as well, then. You know what it might be, too, is that you're, <clears throat> and I don't have it either. Um, both our models exclude that, that, crappy ODU game against Texas A&M Commerce because it was an FBS, FCS mm-hmm. game. So we don't have it. So that's in the market that we don't have. But I think that there's probably, I'm guessing a little bit too much of that in the market. Um, Southern they, Miss they, just they sucks, did cover man. against Marshall. They did cover against Marshall too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually jumped out to a big lead too. Um, mm-hmm. They're due to win. All right. Arkansas at Ole Miss. Um, I actually had Ole Miss really favored here. Um, you actually have Arkansas covering, so I'm not. Oh no, I'm take that back. I'm, I made a small play on this, but not a dual model play. Um, I doubt that you're confident enough to to take Arkansas on this spot in their one point yards uh, per, uh, per rush. <laughs> no, I. Uh, 
it's I don't like it. I just I don't want to touch this. This is just a really like ugh. it's just no I'm not touching that. Maybe tease Ole Miss down, but like I'm not a fan. I I don't trust Arkansas and I also don't particularly trust Ole Miss either, so I just I don't think I'm gonna touch that. Yeah, I'm I'm always one to caution about just don't read too much into one game. But man, if you just look at Ole Miss versus Alabama and Ole Miss versus LSU, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. I mean, literally, it's not like there's a pattern of like, I know I'm going to get this and there's one aberration. I mean, that's just two different teams that we saw in those games. I, I don't know what the real middle is. And that's that's why I like my model is I don't have to do it. I can just let my model tell me what to expect. Um, but your model's telling a little bit of a different story. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think probably, you know, your model likes better – your model favors great quarterbacks more than mine does. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that's why you have USC one and I have USC like thirty third. There might, mm-hmm. might be some of that built into here in KJ Jefferson. Um, okay. Lastly, you're on the different side of me than this. Um, we talked about this in the market intelligence. I just can't see Wyoming scoring much in this game. Fresno State's too freaking good. Um, I played a full unit on this right away. Um, I I I'm curious what this number is now. By the way, too, do you have that handy? Uh, let me see here. Forty-five. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's and you know what? The other thing I've noticed, um, just to kind of bury the lead in at the end of the podcast, boy, there's a lot of late movement on totals too. Way more than the point spreads. Yeah. Way more. They'll move like three. And granted, it's a different market if you're looking like a margin of victory versus total, but you know, hey, a score is a score. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot more movement. So I think that's why I can play totals longer in the season. So um, just to remind everybody, so when you see the bolds, those are dual model plays. The other ones that aren't bolded are just um, my model plays, my plays that I've got. So do you have, um, since we've got the dual model plays, what do you like that's not a dual model play for, for the Robert plays? Yeah. Um... Let me do um let's find it here. Uh so yeah, give me um Oklahoma Oklahoma money line. Yeah. Oklahoma spread Oklahoma money line. I like that. Um What numbers are you seeing for that? Is like five and I've a half got... on the spread? Six and a half. I grabbed a seven somewhere, but I'll take the six and a half. Six and a half okay. plus two fifteen. Um, okay. I also like Maryland plus twenty. That seems pretty crazy yeah. high against a team that's not bad at all. Um. What else? Um. Uh, where was the other one here? Yeah, give. Uh, I hate to do this, <laughs> but I feel like it's too many points. I don't love this one, but it's not a bad play. Give me Clemson. Oh, sorry, Wake Forest plus twenty one against Clemson. I only have them wow. as about fourteen point favorites. This is that's kind it. of a, like fourteen point eight. Again, this is not a. This is not a. That's not a money line play. That's just a. That's too many points play. And then. Um, What was the other one here? 
Uh, and then give me, uh, give me, I think, yeah, give me Texas Tech at Baylor. Texas Tech, if you want to do, it's minus one, minus 110 or minus 115 money line. They're functionally the same. I do the money line there. But if not, you're getting a push anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I don't see why Texas. I'll be playing the money line specifically because if my in my book, if a team goes up seventeen for bet three six five, a team goes up seventeen, you get the cash out. You just your bet is marked as a winner no matter what. So even wow. if, so, like it gives you an out. Like that's that has been really nice sometimes, even in some upsets too. So like because there was there's been some times in games where like I, I think it was. Um, yeah, there's been some times in, in games where it's like I have a massive underdog, and then they win. They like they, they get up 17, but then the other team comes back, and then literally, but because it's it was a massive spread anyway, the spreads won. So like literally, they're playing in overtime. But I'm just like I I don't even care. Like it doesn't matter who wins this yeah. game because the spread's gonna cash, and the money line's already cashed too. So I'll play. I mean, I I'll play that. But if you want to play the minus one, go ahead. That's I don't I don't see why Baylor is favorites, or I don't see why this isn't close. So. Okay. All right. Um, and then lastly, uh, wrong team's favored. We've hit on this a little bit. Um, we mentioned Louisiana Tech and Tulsa. Didn't mention Purdue. Um, we've both got them a straight-up um, favorite. Last week, these plays went one and one, but you got a 15% ROI because the one that did hit, I can't remember who it was. Uh, oh, it was uh, Virginia Tech. Um, that was a plus 130. So we'll just track these separately, too. And... With that, we just look forward to the games. The podcast is over, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah. There football tomorrow. Cues action. Football tomorrow. Cues action. Yes. I'm, ex- I'm excited for this, actually. There's going to be some good games on weekdays now. I think uh, I saw online there's now 50 straight days of either college or NFL football yeah. at night. So I saw, yeah, I saw that tweet, that. too. Yep. Yeah. So. Starting with Jacksonville State tomorrow. So, yes. Okay. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya.